Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Two more days for you in Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton, still making it great on now until Halloween, end of the night. Royal Pizza offering the combo special, your choice, Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies all for just 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of the four teen, 14 Edmonton area and locations. Quick out-of-town scoreboard for you. Bad news with the Bakersfield Condors. They're out shooting San Jose's uh, farm team, which is in San Jose, the Barracuda, 17-8. to But Dylan Wells has been touched up for three on eight. They trail 3 nothing uh, in that game. Cooper Marodi, uh, Tyler Ben and Josh Curry um, combined minus six in that game so far. We're pleased to be joined on the line by John Shannon. John, how are you? I've got to ask you, who are you dressing up tomorrow as? Well, I, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh. Hudson, Hudson went to Hudson's. Costume? You're not wearing a costume tomorrow in Pittsburgh? Come on. Uh, actually, I was in Pittsburgh for uh, St. Patrick's Day about five years ago. Yes. They go hard in Pittsburgh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they go hard in Pittsburgh, absolutely right. Down on the Strip, it's going to be lots of fun down on the Strip in Pittsburgh. Oh, tomorrow. it's going to be a gong show tomorrow night. I think I'm going to go as Jack Michaels. So. You're going to go as Jack Michaels? Yes. Yeah. Wow. A little bit of feedback on my end, Brendan, just so you know here. Uh, it, it's interesting because, John, as you know, I mean, now the big thing is the, the players post their Halloween uh, costumes on Instagram and stuff. And uh, Connor McDavid was in a brilliant uh, uh, Grinch costume. Yeah. Uh, that, that, was, that, that was awesome. All I'm going to tell you is I'm really happy that there's no photos that exist from the CJSR all politically incorrect Christmas parties that we used to have back in the late 1980s. That's all I'm going to say to you. Because... Listen, as far as Connor goes, uh, I'd like to give Connor a ton of credit, but I can't. I think you have to give Lauren all the credit. How's that? There you go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a 
Quite the look there. All right. Uh, look, let's, let's get things back on the rails here. Scott Housen was on. Uh, we, we talked to Brian Lawton, as you know, every Wednesday on the show. I said, Brian, is there any way you can ever salvage these relationships? You've been an agent. He said, yes. Uh, we found out later in the course of the show that Ken Holland is going to go over and see Yes Poliarvi play over in Finland uh, for a tournament next week. Where's your headspace at this? Has this ship sailed or never say never? Ah, oh, it's a never say never. Uh, you know, and I, 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 you know, the human aspect of both sides is that uh, the Oilers have time and money invested in Poliarvi. Uh, I think Yessa has time invested uh, in, in his time in Edmonton with the Oilers. Uh, I think that when you look at his age, you know people mature at different times. Uh, and I also think when you when 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 he gets up in the morning and sees the Oilers are eight four and one, uh, he says, you know what, I wouldn't mind being there too. So uh, do I know anything specifically? No, but. Um, I, I do think with a, a, a new voice and Kenny being that new voice, uh, I think there's a, there's, there's a chance. There's always a chance that, uh, that those uh, uh, bridges can be fixed and, uh, and life goes on and Poyarvi can be a contributor. Now, I think he's had a really good season in Finland, but he hasn't played against the talents in the National Hockey League. Uh, right. but certainly, it, certainly it sounds like his confidence is back. And he's got a bit of swagger, which is something that was, as you know, Bob, closer to it than I am, that you could see that his swagger had disappeared completely last season. Yeah, well, I mean, two years ago, again, he had nine goals in the first 21 games, right? And then it went completely off the rails. And as multiple texters have said to us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, John, they're like, yeah, but Bob, he played with Lucic and Strom in the final 20 games of the 17-18 season, and that tanked his year. And then he couldn't consistently get in the top six. And there's a sentiment out there saying the Oilers blow it like they always blow it. That's one sentiment out there. And another sentiment is Jesse was entitled. And maybe somewhere in between the middle, there's a little bit of ownership on the team. And there's ownership with the player as well. And that's probably the most realistic perspective to have. I, I, I think that's fair. I think that you know both sides are to blame. Uh, for what has happened, what I, what I don't think, and I, I think we've talked about this on the show before, what I don't think we can comprehend, guys like you and me and everybody that's grown up in northern Alberta, uh, I don't think we can comprehend the change in culture uh, and yeah. the change in language. Uh, and uh, what were you doing when you were 20 or 21 years old? Uh, I, again, we don't want to know. But uh, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. I had things a good. Get... I had a good twenty and twenty-one year old lead leading uh, leading Harold Rusin's primetime Barons to greatness oh. that season. We'll be the judge of that, uh, and, and that to me is all part of this. And watching people mature at different times is an important part of this. And, I mean, and and let's face it, Edmonton's not an easy place to play. Edmonton, you are under the microscope constantly. And yes. how did how did that affect Fulyard personally, not about professionally, but personally. Uh, we know that what yes he is is he's a he's a big hulking farm boy from northern Finland. You know he FaceTimed his family a lot every day. Uh, he had his con he, he he got homesick. There were tons of things involved. It, this is not a simple issue of oh let him play and he'll be great. Uh, the, the complexity of human nature. And professional sports in a different culture can never be underestimated. 
Guy Lafleur, and I'm not comparing him to Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur was homesick, and he was went from Quebec City to Montreal in the first couple of years. Of course, I took think he took a pay years. cut. Took him three yeah. years. Uh, took him three years, and took him, in the end took Lafleur a great conversation with Jean Beliveau, who was basically in the same scenario: a kid from Quebec that moved to Montreal, uh, and things change. And, and in those days, and people are going to laugh, but Beliveau said, "Hey, take the helmet off." And Flower took the helmet off and changed his career. All right. Educate us on Jim Gregory. He passed us away today at the age of 83. The league has put out volumes of tweets. You know, what made this guy such a unique and popular man, John? Uh, well, A, a lifer. B, a friend. Someone who, anytime he walked into a room, um, made sure there was a handshake or a smile or a hug. So he, he was truly that that person in the hockey world that you wanted to go to the wall for. Uh, at the same time, his commitment to the game, his belief in hockey uh, that builds character, builds families, and then when he joined the NHL, uh, NHL before after he left the Maple Leafs, that he wanted to build the, the, the foundation of the NHL to make it a better hockey league. So he became a voice of reason. Uh, when he joined the NHL in 1979 and 80, uh, you know the the league was basically, uh, you know, a, a mom and pop show, and he was the first person who tried to to create structure on the hockey operations side, with officiating, uh, with scheduling. Uh, he he designed along with Frank Pinello, he designed central scouting. Uh, there was so much that Jim Gregory did behind the scenes for all these years uh, that he will never get credit for. Uh, and 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 in the end, he became a voice of wisdom. And, you know, the, the 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 hockey tree, Bob, is a very interesting one. Lots of people that we deal with on a regular basis go back through to the Sam Pollocks, like Glenn Sather, uh, or go back even deeper than that to the to the Irvin family and the and the Patrick family. Well, Jim Gregory's family tree goes back through Do uh, Father David Bauer at St. Mike's. Uh, and he started, that's where he started his, his work after coming out of Dunville, Ontario. Uh, and so he understands the game. He understands what it takes to be committed to the game. Uh, you, you never saw him angry. Uh, there was always a, a, the ability to, to compromise, to understand and to discuss things. And he always would sit down and say, well, we're, this is what we're doing, but do you know why we're doing it? And that's what he did so well. One final one for you. What do you think of the Roman Yossi uh, contract? And are the Preds in a tough spot long term here? Well, they're only in, the, in 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 tough long term if they don't keep winning, and that becomes <laughs> the real issue. Uh, that becomes the real issue. I mean, but you, you know what I'm saying? They got a lot of oh, guys sure. that they're going to be paying a lot of money for in their mid to late thirties. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I think there are a lot of people banking on the future of this game, and you and I have talked about it on this show. Uh, where is the cap in three years? Where is the cap in five years? There's a ton of people bullish on the on the future of the National Hockey League that we're going to see a $100 million cap. Uh, and, and some of these salaries three or four years from now, we're going to look at and say, hey, that's a steal if he can contribute. The other thing is the players look after themselves so much better and so well. I don't think Yossi will be an issue in, in years five and six and seven. Maybe that last year it might be a problem. But I don't well, think Yossi is, is one of those guys that's going to be an issue. 
Yeah, he gets $9 million a year and an eight-year deal. I mean, the guy over the last five years has been unequivocally, A, underpaid, and B, top flight. Like, he has been a top guy in this league, top three or four overall. But when you factor in the Tourist deal and the Johansson deal and the Duchesne deal, it, it does start to add up there. John, we're going to do this now every Wednesday. Thank you again for joining us. Okay, Bob, talk to you soon. You bet. We got Jody Shelley coming up in one minute's time. It's 145 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Did we just get this tax on the Ashley Fine Floors text line? Bob, did you just compare Pugliarvi to Flower? Unreal. No, I specifically stated, and I quote, I'm not comparing Pugliarvi to Guy Lafleur. I'm saying Guy Lafleur went from Quebec City to Montreal and got homesick. Why would we be surprised that Pugliarvi got a little, little bit homesick uh, going from a farm in Finland uh, to Edmonton? Well, one guy that wouldn't get homesick from Alberta, he's a great guy. He's a tough guy. And we're going to get him to tell a story for because Louis DeBrusque uh, and him had a battle once when Louis was with Chicago. And I think this guy was coming up at the time of the Columbus Blue Jackets. We welcome back to the show Jody Shelley. Jody, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Hey, now, is this true that you went and, and Chicago had, like, you know, Strudwick was one of their tough guys back then. I don't know if, uh, who was that undersized guy that knocked out Kiprios? Vandenbush. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if he was around. But you basically went and targeted Louie because you went after the old dog or something. <laughs> you were coming up with Columbus. Was, do you remember that early in your career, like one of the first games of the year? You know what's funny now, Bob, is that you hear the perspective of those moments as they were live, and I saw it totally differently. I mean, I was intimidated by Louis DeBrus. I thought he was one of the uh, baddest guys around. And we needed momentum, and he was standing next to me on a face-off. So, uh, yeah, we dropped the gloves. And you know what? One thing about Louis DeBrus, he's one of the greatest people you'll ever meet in hockey. And I just remember being in a locker room for the Perry Pern 3 versus 3 when I was playing in the East Coast Hockey League and hanging out with David Cooper there in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. And I asked Louis DeBrus, <laughs> I asked Louis DeBrus, it was a great room. We had some great players in there. I think uh, Noodles and McClellan ran the, uh, a couple practices, and we had a Gimla and uh, Dingman. And it was a great group. Anyways, Louis DeBrus, he had, I was chewing tobacco at the time, and I asked Louis uh, about the, the chewing tobacco he was having. And he took like five minutes to explain why Kodiak Chew was his favorite. And I was like, <laughs> this guy is incredible and anybody that knows Louie would understand that so yeah he's he's spectacular yeah we fought and uh, i'm glad to hear his perspective as the old guy as he put it challenged by me trying to yeah just make it make a mark i guess oh yeah and then he said you went up to him the next time you saw him before a game like walking into the bus or went right up to him and shook his hands he's like i didn't know if he was trying to get in my head or what <laughs> all right I look love it. uh Hey, uh, we apologize, Jody. We only got about six minutes, so let's cut to the chase yeah. here. Substantive changes for this Blue Jackets team, which had such a great playoff run last year, got a series victory, big upset. Well, maybe not that big of an upset, but off season, the loss of uh, you know three star players uh, with Bobrovsky and Duchesne, obviously uh, coming in late, and then uh, Panarin, which is, that's going to be real difficult to replace. Just a thought on on how the organization's been able to handle those off-season losses you know what bob this organization has been together now for five or six years with some of the pieces 
Seth Jones, Nick Foligno, Cam Atkinson, uh, Zach Wierenski, Pierre-Luc Dubois, knowing into his third year. And in those three seasons, they've been in the playoffs. Uh, they thought they had the league figured out when they were up 2 nothing on Washington a couple of years ago. And then Washington reeled off four straight. Uh, that was disappointing. Last year, to get past Tampa Bay and sweep them and then think, uh, you know, we're big and we're bad and we're going to do this. And then the Boston Bruins taught them a little bit of a lesson. Um, this is a group that's that's been around and has been through some things. They're young. But those losses, of course, we're going to miss Panarin and his 90 points uh, in the National Hockey League. He's, he's a game-breaker that every team that can't score needs. Uh, he makes players better. And Bobrovsky's got an extra save or two a night. Okay? But we know that. You can play a looser style in front of those guys. But this core has been together. They've got a lot of pride. Bobrovsky and Panarin did not want to be here. We don't even really consider Duchesne. I mean, he was here. He scored two goals while he was here in the regular season in 20 games. He was the guy that was here to move on to Nashville. We understand that. So we don't consider that a loss. But I think they're going to be okay. They've, they've changed their brand of hockey. Uh, last year was safe as death. They wanted this team to be high octane with Bobrovsky to be able to cover up a lot of warts and, and really try to focus on offense. That's come down ever since that uh, Tampa Bay series. Now it's more above the puck, like a lot of teams are playing. It's kind of, you know, that mentality of hold, 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 and then when you can strike, strike. Uh, they're playing that brand of hockey. They've got some young skill, and I think they've got a lot of upside. They're, they're, they're a team that has not lost confidence at all. I'm telling you that for sure. And I, and I mean that with, I mean, I'm a fan of this team, but I'm also a, team, a guy that watches this realistically. You know, I used to hear about all the prospects and how all oh, the future is bright. Well, that talk isn't flying here in Columbus anymore, and I honestly don't I don't partake in that. And I think that this team can make the playoffs, and I think they will make the playoffs. I think that they're battling a little adversity now with Murray injured, which he's, you know, poor guy's injured a lot. Texie is in, who's a bright star. But now that, that means that other guys have to step up. So I like the way they play. I like the brand of hockey, and I think that they're, uh, they're a team that's hard to play against, and you'll see it tonight with the Oilers. Well, Tortorella's a good coach. We know that. They're obviously playing more defensive-minded. Uh, in 30 seconds, give me a scouting report on Jonas Corposello. He's big. He's learned under Sergei Bobrovsky. He's a guy that has still got a lot to learn, but he's got something to prove. He'll never be a number one that can sit back and relax for a day. He's a guy that's got to earn every single second in the National Hockey League, and that's the way he approaches it. So I think being under Bob for four years has really helped him turn into a pro. And I think he's a guy that's going to grow and rise to the challenge. And his teammates love playing in front of him. I'm not sure if that's 30 seconds, but pretty close, isn't it, Bob? Good job. Uh, same for Sonny Milano. How much of a wild card is this, this guy for John Tortorella? Uh, he's awesome. Torch is Italian. Sonny's Italian. He's got a soft spot for him. He'll go out and do the craziest play and play uh, a, a solid period, and then he'll do something silly. Torch will want to bench him. He will. And then Sonny will go out and score one around the back through his legs. So he's got tremendous skill. So he's working at it. He's a guy that Torts uh, wants to succeed, and I think Sonny's here to stay for the for the year for sure. Uh, two things that I'm going to leave you with uh, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, 
Halloween costumes. The Fizzler, who's a critic of mine, has said, Bob, since you're in Peng in Pittsburgh, you should go as a penguin. Thank you, the Fizzler. My son went as Batman for school today. <laughs> and uh, uh -huh. this text, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. Jody Shelley is a stand-up, uh, work boots kind of guy. He's one of the main reasons why I'm a Blue Jackets fan. Uh, he used to do a hockey camp at Dalhousie uh, while working construction at Dexter's. There you go. True. You got you got listeners everywhere, uh, Jody. That's an awesome <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's All right. I'll tell you what. Bob. We'll do a. Yeah, the next time the two teams play, we'll get you on for a little bit more extended time. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to have a conversation. I see David Cooper at the bank once in a while as well, too. So great stuff. Thanks, man. Uh, Thanks, Jody. Both you guys will all have money cashing it in. Good for you guys. Tell everyone I said. Oh, like no, no. I'm usually going there asking for more. <laughs> Take care, Jody. <laughs> All right, that is Jody Shelley. It's 155. That wraps up a jam-packed edition of the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. But not before we get to this day in Oilers history. Brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers Now. Two great road trips coming up, Chicago or Florida. Packages include game tickets. Call New West Travel. What do you got here, Mr. Escott? Back in 2001, Yanni Ninema pots a goal and an assist as the Oilers beat the Canadians 3-1 at Skyreach Center. There you go. Uh, up next, uh, what do we got for you here? Well, well, we got the game tonight. Face-off show, 4 o'clock Edmonton time. Puck drop at 5.30. Tomorrow in Oilers now, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. And clear the track. Here comes Shaq. Itty Shaq. He's got a book out. He was a legend back in the 60s and 70s. Up next, news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.